Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Setting the tortoise down. Get down, but we're the Sonic Society, the world's largest and longest-running showcase of modern audio theater, stuck in the endings of the audioverse. If we set down on a closing podcast audio drama, how will we get away? Episodic recaps won't help us here, Jack. I've got to get out and take our bearings. If I'm right, we can wait for the precise moment of the ending of this show and use it to slingshot us back through the RSS feeds before they pod fade entirely. Where are we landing? It's Sonic Society, what, 802? Now that places us squarely with the limited series Build a Prince, a Royal Christmas Love Story. When fiercely independent Princess Adelaide of Alpanoa discovers that she must be married by Christmas in order to be crowned queen, she decides to secretly create the perfect prince out of handsome American commoner Hayden. What's intended as a formal arrangement turns into something more when Hayden's kindness and unconventional charm begin breaking down her walls. But little do they know, not everyone wants her to be queen, forcing Adelaide to fight for her country, open herself up to love, and come to terms with who she's meant to be, all in time for Christmas. Parts one and two are featured here. Uh, uh, Back to Christmas, then? Well, with any luck, and it all begins right here... On the Sonic Society! Build a Prince, a royal Christmas love story. Written by Jenny Malia, story by Jenny Malia and Elena Farinas Phillips. Before we begin, why don't you curl up by the fire with a nice cup of hot cocoa? Or, if you don't have a fireplace, close your eyes and... Oh, uh, wait, unless you're driving, and then please don't close your eyes. Anywho... Welcome to Alpanoa. Never seen it on Google Maps. Oh, it's a cozy European winter destination tucked away by snow-covered mountains. Think twinkling lights, carolers on every corner. Let's just say the Christmas vibes are immaculate. But you didn't come here for a geography lesson. No, you came for a royal romance. Unfortunately, this Christmas... The heir to the throne of Alpanoa has found herself in a little problem. So join me as we head through the palace gates, up the grand staircase and into the private chambers of Her Royal Highness Princess Adelaide of Alpanoa. Good morning, Princess. Meet Lance, Adelaide's personal stylist and loyal bestie. Too early, Lance. It's never too early to be royal and gorgeous. Let's get those girl boss ones out of bed, shall we? He pulls the covers back and Adelaide's dog, Lady Marmalade, hides her nose under the princess. Busy, busy, your highness. Up we go. A whirlwind of staff enter, including Adelaide's private secretary, Blanche. Think Mrs. Potts vibes, but cuter outfits. All right, Blanche, let's have it. Cabinet meeting at 8, tea with the Swiss ambassador at 10, a call with the president of Belgium at 12, squeeze in a yoga sesh at 1, namaste, gown fittings at 2, and tonight, state dinner. Fittings? For what? I thought there were no more balls until Christmas. Fittings for fabulosity. Don't ask questions. When have you ever known me not to ask questions? She told me she'd have me beheaded if I said a word. Oh, for the last time, grandmother can't have you beheaded. Technically, she could. But she won't. Probably. Comforting. Let's skip the games you know you're going to tell me. She wants you to attend more social events with more people. Humans. Men. Potential suitors. Oh, there I said it. I'm so bad. That's absurd. I'm a grown woman and will date whom I please. Date? 
<laughs> More like set outrageously high expectations only to watch them flounder and fall from grace. What man will ever be good enough for Princess Adelaide? Sir Lancelot, of course. Adelaide kisses his cheek. He hands her a toothbrush. Brushy, then kissy. A team fluff, paint, and perfect the princess as she scrolls a personalized styling app, swiping through the enviable contents of her closet. She pulls a cashmere sweater together with tweed trousers and leather loafers. No. She tries a Chanel skirt suit with the same pair of loafers. Lance grabs the phone and trades out the loafers for Le Boutons. Perfect. Perfectly unbearable. You try running a country in four-inch heels. It has a practical platform. I hate you. Mm, you love me. Have you prepared my... Talking points for tonight, yes. And made changes based on your many copious notes. Can't be too careful, Blanche. We're hosting our sister country and any misstep could create... Unnecessary awkwardness. Indeed. Now, this will be your first date dinner without your father. It will be a bit different, but nothing at all to worry about. As queen... I'm not queen yet, Blanche. It's inevitable, my dear. And your responsibilities will only increase, politically and ceremonially. The politics I can handle, the parties, not so much. What could be better than being a princess at a party? <laughs> that evening, the princess finds herself in a dull, repetitive receiving line. Not much of a party. Her grandmother stands beside her. This is Queen Mary, royal AF, and not quiet about it. You're slouching, my dear. The Queen of Koselig always has an agenda. Keep your guard up. And the Queen of Alpinoa's sister country makes her entrance. Beatrice of Koselig. Too young to be this stale. Princess Adelaide. Queen Beatrice. May I express my deepest sympathy for the loss of your dear father, and such a short time after the loss of your dear mother? Well, he always said he'd go to the ends of the earth for her. Isn't that just a proper love story? It is, and I'm grateful for your kindness. You didn't quite expect this much responsibility at such a young age, and to do it all without a husband by your side... What good is a husband when you've got a job to do? <laughs> She's ready. Of course she is. Behind the scenes in the palace kitchen, caterers, cooks and serving staff rush about as a shaggy-haired caterer prepares a tray. This is Hayden. Rough around the edges, but with an undeniable magnetism and... Come on, this is a Christmas love story. He's hot. Foie is plated. His older sister Eve is cool and confident in the kitchen, but when it comes to geeking out over royal life, Eve is all of us. Where's the onion chutney? The onion whatney? Don't worry, baby bro, you're getting the hang of it, and how cool are we right now cooking in the kitchen of a castle? What? Yeah, cool, but there's a chance uh, a platter of foie gras already went out without the onion stuff. Dude, the goose liver was not my idea, and the chutney makes it edible, but hey, no biggie. On it. No, 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 wait! But he's already ripped off his apron and headed to the ballroom. He scans the room for the rogue foie gras. It's been served to the princess first. Well, that's inconvenient. He smoothly works around mingling royals as he sneaks up behind the princess and reaches cautiously to take her plate. Pardon me. Uh, apologies, ma'am. Uh, your highness, I'll, I'm gonna get you a new plate. What's wrong with this plate? Nothing at all. Just, uh, you know, it doesn't have its garnish. I don't need a garnish. This is fine. Oh, come on. Branch out. It's better with the chutney, I'm, uh, I'm told. I'm not sure who decided goose liver's appetizing in any form, but if you insist, please add the chutney. She hands him the plate, and their eyes lock. He does an awkward bow and turns back towards the kitchen. What an odd boy. Indeed. Nailed it! Princess got her chutney. Oh, boy. Did you just... Did he just... Gave the princess the right dish? Yeah. You went in the ballroom, looking like that, and smelling like that, and spoke to the princess like this? Yeah, but she was cool with it. He, he didn't know. It's my fault. I cannot have my staff ignoring royal protocol and orking chutney like a two-bit onion peddler. Huh? 
You're fired! Come on, give him another... Ah! Okay, okay, relax, man, but it's, it's not Eve's fault. Don't give her a hard time about it. Hayden grabs his coat and heads for the exit. Later that night, the princess and Blanche make their way back to her chambers. Why do you think Grandmother doesn't trust Queen Beatrice? She doesn't have a dog. What kind of a queen doesn't have a dog? Come on, girl. Just then, a nervous-looking servant, Geoffrey, approaches. Um, um, pardon, your highness? Yes? Your grandmother would like to see you right now. Adelaide and Blanche enter Queen Mary's chambers cautiously. She sips a gin and tonic. Just you. I'll be just outside. Don't panic. And don't break anything. What in the world are you... Grandmother, it's late. Can't this wait until tomorrow? Come. Sit. Jeffrey hands Adelaide a matching gin and tonic. That's all right. Um, Take it. You'll need it. Grandmother, are you ill? Ill? I'm as strong as a horse and not going anywhere anytime soon. You can count on that. All right. Then what is it? My dear, this is something I was hoping to never have to bring to your attention. We lost your dear father much sooner than we ever expected. And as only child and heir, you are, of course, next in line to the throne. As you know... Many of our customs and laws were established long ago, in a different time, when women were regarded in a different light. Oh, we're not having the ladylike talk again, are we? I thought we were well past. You must be married, Adelaide, in order to be crowned queen. Is this some kind of bizarre hazing the future queen joke? Certainly not. So you're telling me now... That in order to be crowned queen of this country, I must be... Married, yes. And from what I understand, you haven't even got a bow. So better get right on that. This is ridiculous. What, I'm not capable of running the country unless I have a husband? A husband? I've studied, sacrificed. I have a PhD, for God's sake. What other princess do you know with a PhD? Probably could have used that time travelling and snogging chaps like I did. But what do I know? I've given my whole life to prepare for this role, Grandmother, and now I'm unfit. I didn't write the rules, my dear. But I can say with certainty that you are far from unfit. Consider this, oh, a minor inconvenience. Inconvenience? I don't even know if I ever want to get married, let alone be forced to marry. There's more. Oh, good. Do go on. If the country is without a monarch for three months, we'll be reunited with our sister country, Koslig, under one crown. Whose? Theirs. Annexed? We'll be annexed and lose our autonomy after nearly 300 years of independence. Quite right. Three months. Father died on the 24th of September. That means we run out of time on Christmas Eve. The next morning, Adelaide walks with Lance and Blanche to a cabinet meeting. Loving the loafers on you today, Princess. Oh, Princess, as per your request, we're starting Yoga Wednesdays in the ballroom for the whole palace staff. I can't wait to get my Shavasana on. Isn't that the one where you just... Lie there, like you're dead? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't take it anymore. We must discuss. They stop abruptly when an older house servant, Bernie, passes and bows his head. Morning, Bernie. How's the knee? Oh, uh, just a bit stiff, your highness. Stiff or excruciatingly painful and you're too proud to admit it? Oh, well... Blanche, have Bernie see the palace doctor and ensure he has as much paid leave as needed to rest up. You're too kind, your highness. Blanche and Adelaide enter the cabinet room to find the Prime Minister, a warm hug of a man. Morning, Princess. Prime Minister, everyone. I'd like to start with housing. Rising prices are making it impossible for public service employees to live anywhere near the city centre. All due respect, Your Highness, I wouldn't call that a priority. That's because you live in the city centre. If we reallocate funding from... From where, Your Highness? Tourism is down on the mountain. Koslig is pulling so many travellers over with their newly upgraded ski lifts and hotel makeovers. We should... Spend even more money we don't have? 
Let's get real, Addy. You must spend money to make money, Reggie. The mountain is our country's primary economic driver, and we can't fall behind. And you want to spend those profits on housing for city employees? They keep our country running. People before profits, always. As cabinet members disperse, Reggie pulls Adelaide aside. Apologies for the pushback, Your Highness. I know you're easing into your role, and I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Pushback is your job, and no need to handle me with kid gloves, Reggie. I can handle it. Addy, you know, don't you? It's an antiquated law, Your Highness. You're an independent young woman, and it's unreasonable to ask of you. What about my duty? What about your heart? Later, Blanche and Lance lean against the wall outside Adelaide's chambers. It's too quiet. Think she fell asleep? No, she's not a stress sleeper. You're right. She's a stress stresser. Finally, the doors open. Adelaide stands eerily calm. Come in. As you might imagine, I'm not pleased with this evening's revelation. Why are you standing there like that? Sit, relax. You're the only two people in the world I can talk to. So please stop acting like I'm a porcelain doll about to shatter. Oh God! Thank you. We thought you might implode, or explode, or some other kind of blode. Obviously, I'm not happy, but it's the reality and needs to be dealt with. May I go? I think this could be fun. Print shopping. You have your pick of boy toys and have to make a quick decision. It's like an impulse buy at Barney's, but for the good of the country. Yes, yes, I share that sentiment. I think it's a challenging part of your duty, but might actually be rewarding, like eating kale. No one wants to eat kale, bleh, but it makes you feel great. Oh, I like kale. Do you? How odd! You're probably not cooking it right. I like to sauté mine with Focus, a little. Focus, people. Yes, sorry. Okay, so we need a plan. Ten weeks to Christmas Eve. Blanche and Lance present a large board with pins, pictures, and facts about a variety of royal suitors. May I present David Ellington, Duke of Castleborough, thirty-five years old, likes horses, dislikes popular music, or popular music. I'm sure his taste is just more refined. Adelaide sits beside the Duke of Castleborough as they politely sip soup. Did you know the fastest recorded speed of a horse was eighty-eight kilometers per hour? My Bitsy did nearly eighty. Fascinating. Well, the official recorded time was seventy-three, but I think the tracker was off. Ah. Blech. Don't like this tune. Rubbish. Back in Adelaide's chambers, Blanche removes the Duke's photo. Moving on to the next, Lord William Hastings of Lindabedi, thirty, served in the Royal Navy, physical fitness enthusiast. Adelaide dances with Lord Hastings, unusually large and muscular. Well, I'm, I'm not much for dancing. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, more of a, a CrossFit man myself. Well, I didn't realise it was either dancing or weightlifting. Well, I can overhead squat close to three hundred pounds. You're less than that, right? Yes. As they move into the next dance formation, he lifts her by the armpits and straight over his head. No, 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 no. Oh, apologies, Your Highness. Prince Shahid Abdullah, twenty-two. Twenty-two. He's a child, but apparently very mature for his age and anxious to settle down. I've got ten point two million followers,、uh, which most people think is because of the title. But like, does William have that many? I'm guessing no. Your content is everything, man. I'm averaging two percent engagement, but can't monetize at scale until I reach three percent. It's a total nightmare. Ah,、uh, yes. Next to world hunger, that sounds nightmarish. Prince Shahid nods to his entourage. Time to get this party started. Adelaide takes a big sip of her wine. Baron 
Bentley Shepherd III, 43, previously married but shares a peaceful co-parenting relationship with the mother. His daughter is the Honourable Caitlin Shepherd, age 8. My wife had an affair with my brother. Oh my, that's... I'm so sorry. Well, she has always been a floozy, I should have known. I want my mummy! Well, mummy isn't here, is she? I hate you, I hate you, I hate you! So, you like kids? Um. Eight weeks to Christmas Eve. That's it, no more, I can't take this. Lady Marmalade jumps off the settee and starts sniffing the butt of an oversized decorative nutcracker. Oh, it's so simple for you, isn't it? Just sniff a bum and you found a match. Wait. What? Maybe it is that easy. If you want someone kind, intelligent, interesting, funny and handsome, let's go sniff him out. What are you talking about? Isn't that what we've been trying to do? We've been going about this wrong way, looking to royal suitors, hoping they'd be the kind of man you're looking for. Let's find the kind of man you're looking for and make him a royal suitor. Are you saying we find someone not royal and make them royal? Times have changed, Blanche. He doesn't have to be royal, he just has to be princely. We'll give him the right backstory, training and style, of course. No, it's impossible. You've seen the makeovers I'm capable of, baby. Nothing is impossible. Make our own prince. We can... Build a prince. Lance, Blanche and Adelaide ride in the back of a Rolls Royce, decked out in Christmas sweaters. I'm going to need a shower after this. Relax, you look adorably average. (gasps) How dare you? I love this. Look at how much fun we're having. I know this country is Christmas-obsessed, but is the Santa hat really necessary? It's going to give you hat hair. We just have to blend in. I don't want this leaking to the press. The only one that knows anything is the three of us, and we're a vault. Lars, meet us here at noon. Don't talk to anyone. They get out of the rolls in a back alley and sneak up the side until they reach Alpenoa's main street. It's a dazzling Christmas wonderland, a huge sparkling Christmas tree right in the town square. They scurry through town, leaning around corners, eavesdropping and following any reasonably handsome man they see. How can you get any sense of a person just stalking them around town? Oh, that's how I get all my boyfriends. Samesies. I don't get to enjoy all of this enough. I love this country more than anything. I don't want to lose it. Just then, a familiar man's voice is heard behind her. It's at least 20 feet tall. It's covered in hundreds, thousands of ornaments. Red, green, orange, purple, blue. And the lights are twinkling so bright, they light up the whole town. Adelaide turns to see the back of his head standing over an older man in a wheelchair. Is there a star on top? No. No star. Weirdly, it's like some kind of bird? Yeah, it looks like a pink flamingo, actually. Adelaide looks up and sees a beautiful gold star. A flamingo? What kind of Christmas tree? What the heck would a flamingo? I know you kids like to do things your own way, but I never. (laughs) I'm messing with you, Pop. Very funny. Is that any way to treat your old dad? Come on, I gotta keep you on your toes. Make sure you're taking it all in. Uh, I wish you didn't have to look after me like this. A master's degree, such a bright future. My future is just fine. Don't you worry about that. The man pulls his son down and kisses him sweetly on the cheek. As he does this, his face turns towards Adelaide. Lance and Blanche scooting closer and tip their shades. Kind. Intelligent. Interesting. Funny. Handsome. Goose liver. Say Say what what now? now? He was a palace caterer, I think. Yes, but I only saw him the once. How odd. I never noticed him. He must look so different out of uniform. So, hmm, (laughs) well defined. Stop that. Lance and Blanche tilt their heads, taking in his toned body under a sweater and jeans. Well, it doesn't matter what we think anyway. Right. It matters what you think. 
Suddenly, a scrappy dog runs across the street, narrowly escaping cars, and runs straight under the Christmas tree. Blitzen! Whoa, 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 whoa! Hayden dies under the tree, scooping up the dog covered in glitter and pines. He's all right, aren't you, buddy? Oh, thank you so much. Come to Mummy Blitzen. It's a good name. Adelaide pulls her shades back on and looks straight ahead. I think we've found our prince. End of part one. Oh, hello. You're back. Guess you wanted to find out more about the terribly attractive American commoner. I can't blame you there. Now, where were we? Oh, yes. Adelaide spotted Hayden in the Alpenoa city centre and has decided to build her prince. Now, Lance and Blanche are on the case in sunglasses at night. They stand at the front door of Hayden's family home. No, don't ring. Knock firmly. Like we mean business. What's the difference? When did you ever see an undercover mission that involved a merry doorbell? Um, can I help you? Hayden Brian McConnell? Yeah? Your presence is required by Her Majesty, the Princess Adelaide Mary Margaret Helen Virginia Prescott. Uh, is this about the Chutney incident? Because I... No, it's... Yes, it is about the Chutney incident. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a little bit late to... This is official royal business. Get in the rules, Mr. McConnell. Lance and Blanche sneak Hayden in through the back entrance as they move stealthily through the palace halls. Where are we going? Never seen this part of the palace. What did we say about questions, Mr. McConnell? Right. Yeah, this isn't weird at all. Hayden enters Adelaide's chambers to find her sitting formally on the settee, Lady Marmalade beside her. Whoa. Um, <clears throat> Your Highness? Please, call me Adelaide. Or Addie. Um, no, no, not gonna lie, that feels pretty weird. You'll get used to it. My close friends always do. Close friends? No offense, uh, Your hi- Highness, uh, Adelaide. I'm just a little confused here. We only talked that one time, and and honestly, I thought it was a lot more memorable to me than it uh, would have been for for you. On the contrary, I found you to be quite striking. Wait, are you you hitting on me? I am indeed not hitting on you, but I do have a proposition for you. Quite a significant one. Sometime later, Hayden sits processing... Okay, so let me get this straight. You want me to change my name and marry me because you'll lose your crown if you don't have a husband. Sadly, for the advancement of women everywhere, yes. No offense, why would I do something like that? Your sister Eve is a caterer, is that correct? Yep. And your father is in poor health. Um, yeah? And you have a master's degree in music composition from the University of Colorado. University of Northern Colorado. Go Claws! You paid your way through school performing in a string quartet called the Funktastic Four at local weddings and bar mitzvahs. Yeah, I didn't, I, but I didn't, I didn't name it. And gave up a promising fellowship with the Denver Symphony Orchestra to come to Albano and help look after your father. How do you know all of this? We've done our research, Hayden. We haven't approached you lightly and understand we're asking something monumental of you. We want to offer what we can to make this a mutually beneficial agreement. Romantic. Her Royal Highness would like to cover all medical and personal bills and provide your father with the best care possible. She'd also like to build you a music studio here in the palace and offer you an honorary position with the Royal Symphony. You can compose and play music to your heart's content and your father will be looked after. And in return, I have to pretend to be someone I'm not and pretend to love someone I don't. No, very well at all. Yes, as will I. You'll be required to fulfill certain commitments, but the press know how private I am and we're hopeful that with a generous announcement things will settle down quickly. And you'll only be needed once or twice a month for public appearances. Then, after three years of marriage, a quick and efficient divorce may be considered. You already want a divorce? If that's what's agreed upon. I'll be busy running the country and can't imagine it will affect my day-to-day life one way or another. What if you fall for me? Beg your pardon? I mean, what if one of us develops, you know, real feelings? 
Mr. McConnell, this is to be an arrangement, not a romance. Not much into romance? I'm into protecting my country. She doesn't really like her feathers ruffled all that much, does she? Mr. McConnell, if this is a joke for you, please forgive my imposition, but... No, 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 that's no joke. Sorry, it's just, uh... Wow, it's a weird request, you know? Um, can I have a little time to think about it? You may have 48 hours, and you may not speak to anyone outside of your immediate family. Especially not the press. Why would I talk to the press? You must know you could receive a considerable payday for sharing something this salacious. You gotta learn to trust people. My lips are sealed. Hayden sits in the back of the rolls as he's driven home. They arrive back at his small house, a stark contrast to the palace. Hayden's sister Eve drinks a glass of wine. Hot date? Not exactly. Pop had a rough night. I'm so sorry I wasn't here. Is he okay? For now. Oh, and I quit my job? What? I may have finally told the boss where to stick it, and it wasn't in the oven. (sighs) Well, I may have found a new job. Back in the palace, the Prime Minister talks on his cell phone, feet propped up on his desk. Christmas Eve is less than a month away, Beatrice. There's no husband in sight. She listens to me. I'll just keep gently encouraging her to step aside, and Alpanoa will be yours. His door suddenly opens and the Prime Minister jumps, fully falling off his chair. Oh, 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 Prime Minister! My apologies, sir. I just came into dust. Didn't think anyone was still here. Do you need help? No, 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 no. Just having a little me time. I like to meditate on the floor. I wasn't... On my phone, I mean, talking on it, I was on it, obviously. I was on my meditation app, because I meditate here on the floor. You know, give it a little stretch, a little breath, in, out. Yes, sir. The maid smiles and backs away slowly, shutting his door. Back at the McConnell home, Hayden sits as Eve paces. This is insane. No kidding. But, like... Kind of awesome, right? I mean, it's a lie. But for a good cause, right? I guess. I mean, look, I don't don't really understand the politics of this country. The whole thing seems very archaic. Well, we didn't grow up here. It's old-fashioned in a lot of ways. I mean, can I do this, Eve? For our family? I would never ask you to give up your freedom. To live in a palace sounds... Awful? Okay, what's she like anyway? Tell me everything. I mean, she's okay, I guess. You know, she's kind of uptight, but what do you expect from someone who grew up like that? This isn't what you're meant for, Hayden. You're so talented, it's honestly annoying. And she's offering you a chance to do what you really want to do. But what about you? What do you really want to do? Hayden and Eve stand outside Adelaide's door. Eve carries a dish. These are her personal chambers? This is nuts! Lance opens the door. Adelaide, on the phone, waves them in. Yes, Meg, I wholeheartedly agree. What's March like for you and Haz? Is she talking to... I think so. I'm freaking out! Look at her bed! Stop it. Stop. Be cool. I just... I gotta... I just gotta sit on it. It looks so plush. Eve sinks down on Adelaide's bed. Hi, could you not? Adelaide looks at Hayden and Eve. Well? Oh, uh, we're getting right to it. Okay, uh, well, yes. Uh, yes, I'll do it. But, uh, I, I, I have a request. I, I want my sister to be palace chef. Palace chef? We've been working with catering contracts since we lost our chef when my father passed. He couldn't bear to work for anyone else. I so get that. And you're fine to give up your current position? That's a hard yes, Your Highness. Also, I don't technically have a current position. Could I just pop my head in your closet? Mm-mm, you may not. Be my guest, Eve. Do Eve can't help herself and starts to try on a tiara. No touchy. So, palace chef. It's just like hashtag princess goals, am I right? Hey, you remember how I, 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 the thing I said about being cool? Sorry. Sorry. 
Uh, um, yes, <clears throat> palace chef. And may I just say, I'm usually very normal, and I'm also very good. You won't regret it. Blanche pulls the top off Eve's dish, and steam pours out. Macaroni and cheese. Try it. Lance, Blanche, and Adelaide reluctantly take a bite. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, my. Oh. Sorry. This is the best thing I've ever tasted in my entire life. It's also gluten and dairy-free, if you're into that kind of thing. Lance touches his heart and gives the princess a look. Hayden, Eve, I think we have a deal. Six weeks to Christmas Eve. Now, you didn't think you were going to get through this story without a royal training montage, did you? If you're not finished, cross your fork and knife on your plate. If you are, point the bottom handles of both toward the bottom right. Only use the inside parted grease of the napkin to wipe your face of food. But ideally, simply don't get food on your face. At state dinners, you must speak to the person on your right before the second course comes. Then switch to the person on your left. When Queen Mary is done eating, everyone is done eating. But you never, ever leave the table until she has. If you need to use the restroom, simply say, excuse me. No further explanation is needed. On the palace grounds, Adelaide rides a horse with great skill, as Hayden trots along stiffly beside her. Horse riding is an important tradition in our family. It will be odd if you don't join us. Cool. No problem. I rode at a county fair once, so I got this. Giddy up. Addie rides off into the snow-filled countryside. Hayden starts sliding down the side of the saddle awkwardly. Lance and Blanche trot up together on their horse. Man down! Hayden falls into the snow. Adelaide quickly turns around to go back to him. I'm okay! Back at the palace, a styling team brings an impressive selection of suits and measures Hayden from head to toe. I have to wear this stuff every day. Every day you're seen by the public, yes. But the princess wears sweatpants. Like... A lot. We know. Hayden dances with Blanche in the palace ballroom with Blanche as his partner, Lance instructing them. One, two, three. Two, two, three. Ow! Uh, sorry. Oh, I didn't need that toe anyway. On the palace grounds, Lance and Adelaide stand with their guns and shoot with precision. Pheasant? Nah. Nope. Nah, I'm not doing this. It's a favorite palace activity. I'm not shooting birds for no reason. In the drawing room, Blanche introduces a publicist, Diego Rodrigo. Brilliant and more Antonio Banderas than Antonio Banderas. Buenos dias, your royal highnesses. He's the best publicist from here to Madrid and back again. He'll be helping us introduce your engagement to the public. Won't it be exciting to let the world in on your romance? Adelaide and Hayden take the hint, and he scoots closer to her, awkwardly putting a hand on her knee. Very. We're just so in love, we, we can't wait to let the world know. Publicity is an art form, and I am an artist. We will present this stunning couple to your beautiful country, with grace, a bloom, and most of all, devastating romance. Easy. Because this romance is romantic. <laughs> and who is this perfect creature? This is Lady Marmalade. Oh, she's so sweet. She makes me miss my third child, Ferdinand. He's been in quarantine since I left Madrid three weeks ago. Seems he might have some kind of infection. Oh, my heart aches every moment. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine. She's the world to me. Hayden looks at Adelaide a bit more warmly than he has before and Blanche catches Lance smiling on fondly at Diego. Four weeks to Christmas Eve. Hayden dances with Blanche. He's getting better. Three, two, three, yes! Here we go. I'm not bad, huh? Not bad at all! Okay, hey, let me try a dip. <laughs> Hayden puts his hand out to Adelaide, who's busy reviewing memos. Take a chance. I don't think. Come on. It'll be fun. She reluctantly gets up. He takes her right hand and slides the other one around her waist. They start to dance quickly. Then slower. 
Hayden pulls her in, closer. All right, I think you've got the hang of it. Hayden stands in front of the pheasant hunt, arms crossed. It's tradition. And it's fun. It's not my idea of fun. Fine. What is your idea of fun? Out of nowhere, Hayden hurls a snowball straight for her. I won't dignify that with a response. Suddenly, a snowball hits Hayden in the face from the side. I will! Hayden smiles and leans down to start making more snowballs. Blanche and Lance join in, laughing. Adelaide finally joins in and hits Hayden right in the face. She starts to make another snowball, but he runs straight at her and playfully tackles her into the snow. Now you're mine. She pushes the snowball into his scruffy hair. His face is just inches from hers. He looks into her eyes and she into his. All right, that's all for today. Diego leads Adelaide and Hayden in a mock press conference. Your Majesty, how did you meet your prince? We were both volunteering abroad and someone introduced us. A friend introduced you. More personalization, uh, Your Majesty. Ah, uh, right. Uh, a friend introduced us. Someone who knows us both well and thought we'd have a few things in common. They were wrong. Um, wait! Please continue. Well, we didn't have a few things in common. We had everything in common, from our values to music to our love of rescue dogs. But of course, we didn't, we didn't know it right away. We argued like crazy um, at first and until we realized how drawn to each other we really were. Oh, yes! <laughs> I love it! Playful and relatable and charming and real. Adelaide, add to it. Go! Oh, um, right. Yes, we uh, disagreed and then we agreed and quite liked each other. Okay, uh, let's simplify things. What was the first thing you noticed about Hayden? His eyes. He has kind and soulful eyes. Hayden looks to Adelaide, surprised. Yes! That's it! Adelaide Blanche and Lady Marmalade sit expectantly as Lance emerges from a dressing room. May I present Hayden William Windermer III. Hayden's hair is cut and styled neatly. His face is clean-shaven. He's hardly recognizable and the strapping, handsome picture of royal perfection. Holy Lord above. Mm, my masterpiece. Uh, yes. That was you. Well done indeed, Lance. Thank you, Princess. That'll be all for today, everyone. Thank you. Lance and Blanche go, but Hayden stays. I know this has been a demanding couple of weeks. I've got meetings all day tomorrow and then an engagement on Saturday, so feel free to enjoy a long weekend off. What kind of engagement? Oh, just a thing I do in the countryside with the dogs. Can I come? Well, I thought you'd want a break from me and... All of this. Why would I want a break from you? Dawn breaks over the mountains. Hayden and Adelaide walk side by side through the forest. Truffle hunting, huh? The dogs guide us to the truffles and we dig them up. You think it's silly? No, no, not at all. I'll take this over shooting anything any day. You're not like most men, I know. Yeah? Do you know a lot of men? I'm, <laughs> uh, I mean, do you, do, you, like, do you have a lot of friends? Men, man friends? Lance is my best friend. No, Lance works for you. It's not like that. We met at university. He was the only one who seemed interested in really knowing me, not just assuming things. Must be lonely sometimes. With your parents gone now, especially. Now, I'm always surrounded by people. I'm hardly ever alone. I didn't say alone. I said lonely. This was always my favorite time of the year with my parents. It was a mad dash with all our duties and engagements. But then we'd escape to the mountain chalet on Christmas Eve and listen to Tchaikovsky and read Dickens. They'd... 
read it out aloud and do all the voices. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> oh, they, they sound pretty cool. They are. Were. Are you angry with them? For not telling you about the whole husband thing? Of course I'm not angry with them. They're gone. Why would you say that? I don't know. I just... I just don't know how I would feel if my parents kept this big secret from me. They thought they'd be around a lot longer. And probably thought I'd eventually fall in love and get married like a normal girl. Well, you are not a normal girl. You don't have to remind me. My parents had this really epic romance, you know? Love at first sight, all that stuff. They were so constant, so unwavering in their devotion to each other. At least from what I could see. The whole love part of life was easy for them, so I think they just assumed it would be easy for me. But, I don't know. I think I'm just wired differently. Just makes more sense for me to go it alone. Well, sure. I mean, no doubt you can do it alone, but... Who knows? Maybe one day you'll find someone. So, you know, just take a little bit of the burden. Oh, I don't see it as a burden. I've been given incredible privilege to care for and lead my country. Mm. See, they've been feeding you that line since you were a kid, huh? You think you know a lot, don't you? Mm, no, not really. I don't think I know much of anything, actually. <laughs> That's right, good girl! Come on, you don't you don't ever want to be just like a uh, regular, not a princess? Why would I want that? I don't know. Isn't that like the princess cliche? She's got it all, but she just wants to be like everybody else. I suppose. I had my moments, like any other rebellious teenager. At one point, I decided I wanted to be a ballet dancer. Ballet? Very rebellious. Well, when your future is decided for you, anything that could take you off track is a hard no. Okay, so... Okay, just humor me. Alternate reality. You're not a princess, you become a professional ballet dancer, and... Join the New York City Ballet, live in a studio apartment all by myself in the West Village, stroll down to my corner bakery and eat a big, fat, buttery croissant every morning, then dance all day and read all night and have hours of every day when no one talks to me. So you haven't put much thought into this, then? <laughs> <laughs> you still like to dance? Do you ever, like, you know, let loose on the dance floor? Not in a very long time. Big snow coming in tonight. We should probably get back. Eve prepares dinner in the palace kitchen. Hayden enters with a bowl of truffles. No way. All for you. I didn't think this could get any better, yet somehow it just did. <laughs> so you having a good time? Are you kidding? Watch this. Garlic minced. Stat. Right away, chef. Not only do they do whatever I say, I have total creative freedom. Adelaide may be princess, but I'm queen of this kitchen, baby! Uh, anything else, chef? I'm thinking truffle risotto with seared scallops, but let's go crazy and add a little spice. Ah, c'est formidable. What about you, baby bro? How's the uptight princess? I don't call her that. Whoa, sorry. Didn't you call her that? Well, she, yeah, but she's, she's different than I, uh... Than I thought she'd be, I guess. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I see. Relax, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just saying she's, uh, she's okay. 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 Snow falls heavily outside Adelaide's window. Blanche! There's something wrong with Lady Marmalade. The dog lays lethargically on her side. Maybe she got into something. Um, when we were truffle hunting, I, d I don't know, I was distracted. C come on, sit up, girl. She doesn't move. I'll get the vet straight away. It's a blizzard, Blanche. The, the roads aren't safe right now. Right, right. Not to worry. BRB. Blanche runs out, leaving the door open. Hayden peeks in. Sorry, I was just passing and, and heard you yell. Is everything okay? Yes, fine. Everything's fine. 
I think she's sick. Oh, no. Okay, no, it's... It's okay. Dogs get sick sometimes. She doesn't. She doesn't. She never... She's never been sick before. Hayden gets on the floor next to Lady Marmalade and softly runs his hand along her belly. Hey, what is it, girl? I can't. She's... She's all I have. I know. I know. I called the vet. She'll get her first thing in the morning. She said to keep her hydrated in the meantime. She won't drink. I've tried. Hayden gets up and wets a cloth from the bathroom. He holds it out to Lady Marmalade, but nothing. They both give her gentle rubs. It's late. You don't have to stay. I'm staying. He looks at Adelaide and puts his hand on hers. End of part two. And that's this week's show. Please check for show notes for Build a Prince at sonicsociety.org. Send us an email at sonicsociety at gmail.com or contact us through the Facebook groups or X. Are we ready to leave yet? Uh, there are a few more episodes in this limited series before this story winks out, but I think I can at least get us far enough away that we won't be drawn in. Well, hopefully David can figure this out and we'll see you all next week. May the audio force be with us.